Hello and welcome to Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini and I'm your host for the show. At Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs, our aim and goal is to share tips and actionable advice that you could use on a daily basis to boost your confidence when it comes to running your business. Uh, we are going to be giving away two or three gifts today. And uh, for you to qualify for the draw to uh, get the gifts, if you like this show on any platform that you're watching, if you subscribe, comment, tag a friend that might benefit from the topic that we're talking about. And or if you ask questions about the topic uh, with uh, uh, the topic for today that we're talking about with an amazing guest that I have coming and joining me later, and uh, you will qualify and enter the draw for uh, what you might call it for the gifts that we're going to be giving away. Now, a uh, couple of ways that we help uh, our tribe and community boost our confidence are one, we help our um, community members uh, create their one page marketing plan in three days or less. And we do that through a simple marketing formula that is starting this Friday, October 23rd. You still have time to join us if you wanted to create your one page marketing plan, hang out with the community, finish the year strong, and you know, work in a live environment to bounce ideas, brainstorm, and uh, mastermind, and the rest of it, and get all the benefits of that. I'm gonna leave a link to the sign up page for a simple marketing formula that is coming up this weekend. The next thing that we have going on is we have the confidence giveaway coming up on November, on the week of November 16th to November 21st, 2020. 20. Um, the aim of the confidence giveaway is to provide gifts to entrepreneurs that helps them boost their confidence in an area of business. We have seven categories available. One is sales and marketing. The other one is speaking. Uh, another one is finance. And we got tools and technology and whatnot. Then there are so seven categories that you can contribute to. And right now we're looking for contributors and participants who would like to share gifts with our tribe and community to help them you know, create their list and add more people to their list that they can serve and support so they can finish 2020 strong and start 2021 with a bigger list of people that they can serve and support. And so I'm going to leave the link for you uh, to check uh, the confidence giveaway that is coming up if you wanted to contribute uh, as a participant and share your gifts, you could do that. So today I have an amazing guest. My guest is Bridget Callahan. Welcome, Bridget. Hi, Mustafa. Thanks for having me here. It is great to see you. You too. And I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation today. Yeah. So today uh, on episode 21 of our show, we're talking about how to make inspiring and engaging power, PowerPoint uh, slide presentations where you could use that to rock the stage, incre increase your conversions and, you know, be happier and uh, bring more people in to serve and support. So let me do the proper intro with uh, Bridget and we're going to dive right into it. Bridget Callahan is a slide presentation designer with 30 plus years of experience creating engaging speeches, presentations and seminars. She has worked with some of the biggest and names in the, in the business and in the industry, including Xerox, Acura, Samsung, and PayPal. Boy, those are big names. And uh, Bridget is on a mission to end the tyranny of boring PowerPoints. Love that. 
She is passionate about helping speakers create presentations that engage and inspire their audience and turns them into raving fans. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me. I love this Lo subject. <laughs> love it. And I, I, I'm really looking forward to tapping into your knowledge and experience uh, about presentations and rocking the stage. So let's start with your story. What is your story? Well, once upon a time, I'll start there. Um, my parents divorced when I was four years old. And so when I was in fifth grade, we moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. And it's smack dab in the middle of the US and we grew up in California. So it was way out of our element. Um, it was hot and the sun stayed up till late. So it's like, you know, how do you go to sleep when the sun's up? <laughs> so it was my complaint when we had to go to bed. Um, and every day I experienced my relationship with my stepfather is not very good. I knew that he didn't like me because he wanted to make me cry every day. And the game for me was just to stay out of his way and not interact with him at all. You know, I didn't like him either. <laughs> and during this time I started drawing. I loved art and I looked forward to uh, art class in school every day. And I entered this art contest in fifth grade and I really wanted to win because I wanted to prove you know, that I'm good at this. But I lost to this boy in my class. And I remember my dad didn't appreciate my drawings. He would say to me, you'll never make money as an artist. Oh, wow. And I would go to bed every night hoping that my mother would get back with my real dad. I so wanted peace in my family. My stepdad was a very successful salesman for locks, you know, doorknobs. That's why we had to move to Nebraska. And he had become this top salesman in the company and would win awards every year. He worked really hard. Uh, one day, my mom had a dinner party for the top executives of the company, and my dad called me down from my room to meet them. I could smell their cigarette smoke and smell their uh, alcohol on their breath. He introduced me to the vice president of marketing saying, you know, you could get a job working for them someday in their art department. And I quickly retorted, I was like, I don't want to draw doorknobs all day. <laughs> <laughs> they just roared laughing. They thought it was so funny. And I just felt embarrassed and disgusted. Like, why did you ask me down here? You know, and went back to my room. As I grew older, I resisted all attempts for my father's helping me with my career. I felt like he didn't really know me and, um, you know, what I wanted to do in my life. My senior year in high school, we moved to Chicago and my mom really wanted me to stay there after graduating and go to the Art Institute of Chicago. But I just wanted to get away from my stepfather and do everything I can to get back to California. And so um, when I did, I, I went to college in California. I was truly, I realized I'm on my own now and I have to make it in, in life, you know? And I went to college and majored in art. And we always grew up knowing that our college was paid for um, from my father's side. And um, that didn't happen. I had to get a job. I had to work full time in college. I was on the five-year plan, but I was committed. I'm going to finish college. I'm going to get my degree and I'm going to be successful. And my first job out of college, three weeks after graduating, was working for a vice president of uh, automotive aftermarket company. And so I, I studied fine art, but I, I learned commercial art through the jobs. And after two years there, I moved to San Diego and got a job at a multimedia company. And that's where I was exposed to creating slides. And man, that job was amazing because it felt like I was working in Hollywood. We're in San Diego, but you know we had a, um, we, we produced film, we created slides, uh, video, custom music, professional voiceovers, and we even had two photographers on staff. So fast forward 15 years from that, 
uh, and having worked for multiple companies in their art department, I finally started my own graphic design company. I had just bought my first home five years before that and I owned a new car. So it's like the pressure's on, I gotta make this work. I was doing well and I enjoyed my career. And I pushed really hard to make it in life and prove to my stepfather that I can make money as an artist. 20 years after starting my business, I had purchased two more investment properties and my business thrived through all the ups and downs of the economy, including 9-11. My stepfather, he passed away 27 years ago and I think I finally proved my point. (laughs) I can relax. And I I resisted my father's help all my life because I realized that um, what he taught me was how I resisted all my life. Even even I realized looking back now, you know, my mom wanted to go me to go to art school there because my stepfather was going to support it, but I didn't see it that way. And so looking back, I see, you know, he was a successful business person and he really led me to believe, you know, I can do it myself. And um, and he he would work hard and he took pride in his work. And that gave me a big example. So what I what I am today is a person who loves working with sales and marketing executives because I know their world. I help them by creating expert presentations that communicate clearly to their customers so they can see the true benefits of the product and see how it can help them. I know their home life because I lived it. I know how uh, committed and passionate they are to their work. And um, I appreciate their commitment to their doorknobs. And I know how I can be a part of their success. So I realized finally that my stepdad really did care for me and and was doing what he could to open doors for me. So that's where I am today. Very interesting. I love that story. That's it. it. First time I shared it. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) You're the first one. And so now you um, specialize in working with executives and what is it that you do now? You well, executives, entrepreneurs, speakers, um, really my commitment is to the audience having a great experience. And I've been to, I've worked many live events for the last 30 years, running their computers and making sure the speaker slides are up to date. You know, they'd want to make last minute uh, changes before they hit the stage. So I'd be there. And, um, a lot of the times I didn't have a chance to design their slides. They were just coming in with their own slides. So I saw reactions of the audience when poor slides were put up on, on screen. And we these are big events. They put millions of dollars into these events, giant screens, all kinds of collateral, you know, hundreds of people in the audience. And it just, it, it startled me how, how little they put attention to what goes on the slide and what the people are seeing. And I would say maybe 5% of all the shows I've seen were good. The rest were terrible. And so can you imagine compounding all that time those people sat in the audience and how their time was wasted? I mean, I think about it. It's like if you're a speaker and you didn't put much thought to your slides, count how many people you're speaking to and count how many minutes you're, you're wasting their time because you didn't put enough thought into your slides to really connect with them and to match your expertise so that, that they really understand what you're saying. You know, there's speakers out there that don't use slides, and I'm I'm not a proponent for that. You know, if you don't need slides, go ahead, speak. I've seen a lot of great speakers speak. They don't need slides. It's like, when do you need slides? When would that visual help the audience to communicate or to remember what you're saying is um, what I see. Um, 
I'll be one of those guys. I mean, before I met you, uh, uh, I would I would get in there and I would try to make my slides. And it, uh, I didn't even know someone like you would professionally design slides for people. I thought it was a do-it-yourself thing. I know. I think everybody thinks that, and that's the sad thing, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm like part of the smart-ass crowd. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll figure it out myself. And. Um, but you guys redid our slides with uh, for our uh, my event, and you guys did a great job. Thank you. Which we'll we'll talk more about it now. How did you get into this presentation and a slide thing specifically? Because you were working in the background with the technology and the rest of it. How did you decide to specialize in slides? Well. Um my second job out of college was working at this multimedia company and I was hired as a, a graphic designer to assist the art director. And um, he was the storyboard artist. He made sure that all the, the story of the, the slides and the presentations of the events that they were creating made sense. It was very much Hollywood. I mean, he did storyboards just like Hollywood. And so my job was to make sure all of his storyboard came to life. And back in those days, there was no computers. We had to ink and draw and typeset and all this kind of stuff. And um, it was fascinating because one of the first jobs he gave me was a globe. He handed me a globe and he says, I want you to paint the water white and the land black and bring it back Monday because it was a Friday. I was like, okay. And it was the days of MTV when MTV first came out. So I was just watching it all weekend, painting this globe. I come back Monday. And he goes, did you paint the globe? And I said, yeah, here it is. He goes, perfect. Okay, walk this down to the photo studio. And I walked down there. I, you have a photo studio? Because I just started working there. I didn't know how they worked. I didn't know what they did. And the, the photographer was there, and he stuck the globe on a, on a pedestal thing, and he rotated it 12 times, took pictures, still pictures, 12 times. And then they sent that film to the Marin Carroll department, which was in-house. And they colorized it and masked it and everything. And a few days later, we were working in my uh, in our office, and I heard this loud music. And I asked my art director, "What's that?" He says, "Oh, they're programming the show. Why don't you go back there and check it out?" And I said, "You have a theater?" <laughs> and so they did. They have this theater, like for the clients to view the work, and they were programming on rudimentary um, computers, you know, like ones and zeros, basically. And think of, you know, slide um, projectors and the carousels. All right, a 35 millimeter slide. And you'd have, um, I think, uh, 18, between nine and 18 per stack of projectors on each of these stacks. And you had three stacks. So two slides next to each other and the third one overlapping. And they had to have blends in it. So it was a widescreen, but a lot of work to get to it. And so then think, a slide cycles in two seconds. So these computers could program all these things to go off so there was animation in motion. And I go in there and I hear the well of the music and it's dark and it's for NCR, National Cash Registry. And all of a sudden I see my globe slowly rotating, the blue and the green and the lights. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm at Disneyland or something. Wow. <laughs> and that, that's what hooked me was, you know, to be able to create artwork that could be on that screen and have such an impact. That is amazing. You know, I, you're a great storyteller. <laughs> Thank you. One thing that I've been working on last week and this week, and I've been I've been watching and listening on how to become a better storyteller. Mm -hmm. Which and and with what you do and with the whole business scene, knowing how to tell a story is a and I think th through your presentation and, and which we're going to talk about would be a key component. Would you agree? 
Absolutely. I mean, I did a show for the um, former CFO of Microsoft. He was a, a business coach and he, he his his coach uh, referred me and he was talking to CFO types at Silicon Valley and talking. The story was about how finance doesn't get along with sales and, you know, everyone wants to be the hero. And so what would finance do is they generate these quarterly reports and then throw them at sales and says, deal with it. And he had an underling work for him while he was at Microsoft. And he noticed this report that said no one is renewing on the software. So he took that report and walked over to sales, says, you need to call every person on this list and find out why they didn't renew and have them renew. In, in three months, they made $10 million just from that little guy walking over there and saying, hey. And so what his talk was about, you know, we, we all can't be the hero. The salesmen are the hero. They're on the front lines. They're out there, you know, um, foot to ground doing the work. We're the mentors. You have to mentor them. You have to guide them. And he overlapped it in the story of Star Wars, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker. And when he was telling me the stories, like the vision, the visuals were like, oh, my God, I, I love this. And, you know, when I when I finished his show, I, I thought it was some of my best work. It was all visuals. It was very Hollywood, just all visuals. And I handed it to him. It was I, I never met him in person. It was all through the phone. And he goes, um, how do I present this? <laughs> so, oh yeah, he's from Microsoft. He wants bullets. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What was amazing about him is he gave me his whole script almost verbatim, and he didn't have to read it. He just recited it. He knew every bit of that story. And I said, all you have to do is just tell your story, and the and the visuals will trigger that part of the story. Mm -hmm. And so when you, that's like the cheat notes, you know. You don't have to have words on a slide for people to, you know, know what you're going to talk about next. Think of them as like watching a movie or watching TV. You don't see a lot of text on TV unless you're watching the news. You see statistics. Right. Um, but uh, it's the pictures that speak a thousand words. And when you tie the story to the picture, they're going to remember so much more. And they're going to walk away going, wow. I learned a lot today. I'm going to, I'm going to share this or I'm going to tell people, or I'm going to, I'm going to do something about this. So they're getting into action because of your talk and, and how you married your talk to some great visuals. Love it. And I love how, how um, uh, the fact that um, presentations and the slides could add that visual component for people that are watching and make mm -hmm. it much more powerful and make a much bigger impact. Cause if I just stand there and blab, I think I'm. I, I'd be missing the the visual connection, and if somebody is visual and they're not auditory, then I would miss that person. But well, it's remember, remember when we did your slide when we did your slide for your hot seat. Yeah, and you, you, I actually sent you a couple of comps of hot seats. Says, let's not use it. Let's just use the slide I have, and it was just the word hot seat. And I said no, we have to have a hot seat, and I put that slide <laughs> in there, and that became your favorite slide. Yeah, and and yeah. we don't have it now, but I'll describe it for you uh, verbally. It was this very comfortable dark red leather chair, big leather chair, like you could sink in, right? And it's in the middle of a dry desert, you know. And you see mountains in the background with clouds. I mean, it, it looked ominous, but that chair looked really comfortable. So it was like a hot seat, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll sit in that hot seat. That looks comfortable, but I, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> so it really conveyed the the feeling of what what's available for them. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show a before and after. 
okay was a hot seat uh later but uh like when you guys did a hot seat um it looked much better and i was proud of the hot seat actually and um yeah like when you have like when you have a strong uh, visuals when you're presenting it, it 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 just helped me boost more my confidence when i had a more solid presentation behind me that i was more proud of and and um you know it just had that effect and well, so that's what that's the biggest effect that like the blind effect that that speakers get is that boost in confidence and you know, one of my clients, she was so scared of the stage, but she knew her work really well. She knows that it was valuable. And when we worked together, she, once she stood on stage, she was proud and she was great. You know, I'm going to show my slides. I can't wait till they see my slides, you know, cause they're going to see me and they're going to see my work and they're going to really understand what, what I do for them. You know, and I, I create, I, I increased their credibility by helping them write their book and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, she had to, sell a product from stage and she was only allowed 30 minutes to sell a $2,000 product, which was not by choice. They demanded that, which is unheard of in the speak to sell model. And yeah. it was successful. She had a rush to the back of the room and in 30 minutes made $75,000. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So here gang, this here is the hot seat. Oh, I love it. <laughs> right. And it's called Mustafa's hot seat. <laughs> and so with that, we went from a word that just said hot seat yeah. <laughs> to this amazing visual that people are like, you know what? I want to take that. It's actually comfy, right? So makes a huge difference. Well, and it's, oh. it's you know, it's it's how we how we curate and find these images for you. You know, it's not like, you know, that's an image that you find in Microsoft, you know, or when you Google it. I mean, we, we work with a lot of different photo banks. We do this all the time, and this is like our superpower is mm -hmm. finding images that match to what the story you're telling. Now, and in some cases, some clients don't like the images or doesn't relate to them. You know, we'll find other images, but uh, for the most part, people are wowed. You know, it's like, wow, that makes total sense. I never saw it that way. Or, and I'm really, I'm, I'm sitting in the audience. I'm your audience when, when you're speaking. I want to make sure that all the best of you is coming out so that I can hear it and I can react to it and I can do something with it. Can I share my experience? Yeah. And so what happened was when I make PowerPoint slides, the, the version the, before what we have here was a bunch of words that I made some bullet points and I, I would, when I'm presenting and when I'm teaching, I would just burn through the text and, you know, talk about it. But Bridget and her team, they came in, they added visuals, they added colors they added that feminine touch that helped me um, connect with my audience a lot better, both visually, auditorially, and, and the rest of it. And I was more confident. So uh, it, uh, it was actually quite good. So if you haven't worked with Bridget, I would strongly suggest you reach out to her. And for those of you that are joining us later or watching or listening uh, later, uh, my guest Bridget is a presentation slide master she's been at this game for the past 30 years and uh they specialize in helping speakers authors ceos entrepreneurs design their slides for better conversion and better engagement and that's basically the topic that we're talking about so and for those of you who are watching and listening if you like 
comment, tag a friend, ask a question. You enter your name for the draw. Uh, Bridget is giving away her gift. I am going to give away a VIP ticket uh, to Simple Marketing Formula that's starting this Friday. And I'm going to give away a general ticket to our giveaway for the confidence giveaway that's coming up in November. So if you'd like any of those, if that resonates with you, you might want to start engaging <laughs> while we're talking. So Bridget, what are some of the biggest mistakes that speakers make when designing their slides? Um, the number one is they don't create an outcome. <clears throat> so I like to, uh, you know, Merlin the magician, he lived from the future. So he, he had the future of what he wanted. He created the future and then he lived into it. Okay. So I work with speakers. I say, let's create a future. What do you want to happen when you walk off stage? And a lot of them, they don't really, really know how to answer that. So I'll tell them, I'll ask them, I said, well, do you want a line at the end, end of the stage of people who want to ask you questions? Oh, that would be cool. Or do you want to rush to the back of the room that they buy your book or product? Oh, well, that would be cool too. Or maybe they call you later because they loved your talk and they want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. So it's like, you know, consider what results do you want? You know, a lot of people, they get nervous and they go on stage and the first thing they want to do is get off stage. <laughs> it's like, this is an opportunity you're running away from, right? So um, that's one of the biggest mistakes. They don't create an outcome. And then from that outcome, then you want to close the gap of where you are and, and having that outcome happen. And then you want to look at your slides. The last thing you want to do is open PowerPoint, and start creating your slides. That's what everyone does. They think, oh, I, I got to create a talk. I'll just start with PowerPoint. My suggestion is use um, post-it notes and just write general subjects or topics. You know, I want to I want to talk about these three um, ideas, and from these three ideas, they're going to have this resolution or something. And then from there, then you can start outlining it. You could even outline it in Word. You don't have to go into PowerPoint. But um, I think what happens is people go into PowerPoint, they just start creating the first slide and the second slide, and, they, and they're too deep into the weeds. They're not looking from far up, saying, you know, this is how the whole talk works. And if you understand um, storytelling, there's this ebbs and flows, you know, the, the um, I, I, I can't think of the exact terminology right now, but it's kind of like the suspense and the re resolution and that kind of stuff. So you want to make sure that you adhere to that because that's what's going to engage your audience. We're, you know, I, I call this, you know, creating the Hollywood effect. When mm -hmm. someone gets on stage and a slideshow is about to be presented, we just have this little inkling. It's going to be like television or a movie. It's going to be great. And nine times out of 10, we're disappointed. Mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, I was like, oh, wow. You know, and this, so that Hollywood effect creates the wow experience. And, you know, I, I've grown up loving art. I love TV. I love how uh, animations happen on television. And um, this morning I was ogling over some animations they were using on the Today Show, you know, to, to bring in a, um, some statistics and stuff and just noting, you know, oh, I could do that in PowerPoint. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I could do that in PowerPoint. <laughs> um, but our, our attention span is so small nowadays. Mm -hmm. Ours is seven seconds. A goldfish is eight seconds. So right. how do you rank? <laughs> And so we got to capture their attention and, and engage them so that, you know, we're not wasting our time. You know, we're, we're giving them value, whether they hook up with us later or not. We want to we want to leave them with something to remember and something to feel like um, I appreciate what they shared. I'm, I'm glad I came. Love it. 
So what were the, the top mistakes again? One was creating an outcome, which I which I absolutely love. You know, I'm a big avid fan of creating creating the goal first and then designing your way there. So mm -hmm. that uh, that uh, that's like poetry to my ears. And then what was the second one? Was um, you know looking at your talk as the topics first. Uh -huh. I mean, most people just go right into PowerPoint and start creating slides thinking that's going to create their talk. And it's like you, you actually want to outline your talk of what are your talking points? What are you going to say? And I think that's why so many slides look at like bullet points because they're creating their outline of their talk and then they're, that's what they'll project. So what I, what I would do is create your outline of your talk and then storyboard it. Okay, and so when you, you would you would put the topics in there, and then you would add details under each topic, right? Is that what what you mean? Right, right. So if you're outlining it in Word, you know, or something like that, um, just you got your main topics. You know, I want to talk about this for ten minutes, and this for five minutes, and I, I need to go deeper on this. Um, and and it's going to be like a story. You you want to kind of tell it in a story format. You know, share share some examples, um, share some tension about it, and. You know, not just like, well, here are the numbers. Um, we did good last quarter and we're going to keep doing good. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> Where, where's is, the drama in that? <laughs> what, is, what is your uh, uh, tip for designing your slides for your audience? So it's not, so I'm not designing the slides for myself. Right. I'm designing it for audience. Well, you got to know who your audience is. You got to designate who your audience is. are. They young kids? Are they older adults? Are they middle aged? Are they uh, men, women, all over? And there's really, you know, certain like in any marketing, right? You know, there's certain appeals that the younger generation likes that the older generation just doesn't relate to. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember growing up, it's like I will always love current music. You know how, how our parents hated rock and roll. It's like how can you hate rock and roll? But then when rap came around, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you had a rap song, it wouldn't appeal to me, right? But okay. you want to know who your audience is and what appeals to them. And 65% and of all people are visual learners. So you're not going to go wrong with visually appealing slides. And so what I would do is, is become a little amateur artist and, and watch when you watch television, ask yourself, you know, what are they showing here? Why did they show that image? Oh, they're talking about this. Oh, that was a cool image that they showed. That really made sense why they picked that. So then you can go back and you look at your talk and say, like, well, I'm talking about this. But if it was a Hollywood movie, how would they put it together? How would it be, you know, that I can describe this a little bit differently so it doesn't have to look like just a bunch of bullets? Love it. And I think you would go even into more detail about matching the colors to your audience and maybe some of the vocabulary that you're using on your slides mm -hmm. and the images and the rest of it. So it, 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 and matches look much like what you guys did for us. Yes. Yeah. And, and what's cool about it, PowerPoint, when you, when you, when you produce your slides in the correct way, it's very easy to change the colors. You know, like, let's say, you know, I've been using this background for three months. I, I want to change it up. I don't want to do blue anymore. Let, let's do green or let's do purple. And if you've set up your slides correctly, um, you can change that in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do it in minutes, but probably not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to change something around and the whole structure gets all messed up. And I'm like, control Z, control Z. <laughs> 
That's my license plate, by the way. <laughs> so how do you go about improving a poorly designed slide? Well, if, if I was doing it for a client or sure. if I'm what, is, what does your process look like? Um, so uh, we'll have an intake meeting where we'll go over their slides and we'll talk about their um, content and stuff like that. And like, what is your outcome? And then I'll, I'll make some critiques about how their client slides are currently. And, and I'll give them some ideas of where we want to go with it. Cause I want to give them kind of a visual. I don't want to just show them something of surprise. It's like, well, I don't like it, you know, and I have to find out from them. Well, what do you like? And a lot of times, you know, it's like they say, well, I like it on a white background. I said, well, do you know what happens to the audience when all your slides are on a white background? No, what? I says, it puts them to sleep. Why is that? Well, when we look at projected light, like television, um, our eyes go to the white, our eyes go to the light. So you don't see a lot of white in movies. Think about it when you go to the theater and you're about to watch the movie and, and you, you've seen all the trailers and now the movie starts and they haven't turned the lights off yet. <laughs> they, you know, someone forgot to turn the lights off and it's like, hey, the movie's starting and like no one turned the lights off. You get really upset. It's because you can't focus on the movie because there's lights here. That's the same with what a white background does. And you'll notice it when I have a webinar that I teach and I show them before and afters. And I, I tell them, I say, you know what? After this webinar, you'll never look at slides the same again because you're gonna have distinctions that tell you how your brain works and how you visually walk through a slide. And I think everyone who designs slides should understand that. Where's my eye going? What, um, what do I want them to see? You know, what do I want them to focus on? Uh, you know, like these doctors, they put these graphs up, you know, these charts and stuff that have so many numbers, you can't even see any of them. And then they pull out their little, uh, you know, laser pointer and point and circle on this little dot thinking that they can see the number. And it's like, there's so many better ways to show that information. Absolutely. I, I don't understand why they keep doing that, but they don't know. Just like you, they think, oh, I can figure this out myself. Yeah, there are a lot of smart asses like me around. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about <clears throat> slide and no slide earlier. And I mm -hmm. think a no slide approach would be for a professional public speaker. Like you got to know how to, how to, how to, you know, manage the crowd and and deliver that whole thing without a slide. So let's talk about pros and cons of slides and no slides. Well, you know, I, I think everyone, everyone should be prepared to deliver their talk without slides because what if there was a tech issue? Mm -hmm. What if the we had I this the the lights went out and we had our keynote speaker, we were paying big bucks to be on stage and the lights went out. They went out in the whole city. We were in, in Phoenix. And he just kept talking. He His mic stopped working, but he projected because he was a professional and he just kept talking and he gauged them and it quieted them down because everyone was nervous. It pitched dark and they were in a big, big rainstorm. So we opened up the side door so some light could come in from the daylight. And we had the screens back up within 10 minutes, but it's like he he made you know a pretty scary experience, like a blip in the continuum. And so, if you had to deliver your talk without slides, how would you do it? You know, be prepared for it. You know, maybe you have three by five cards to bring with you if you need it. Um, mm -hmm. um, always bring a copy of your slide deck with you because, you know, uh, they may not have gotten the email if you send it to them. So um, the pros and cons of slides, if your slides say everything that you're going to say, then get off the stage and just show your slides. You, I love it. I, 
I look at a slide deck and I know it's a great slide deck when I don't know what they're talking about because then I need you on stage to talk to it. Love it. That's actually a great practice for, I think, presenting on uh, on stage or any stage to go without the slide because you would have to get more emotional and visual and you would have to use your body language, your tone of voice and the whole thing, which... If you then combine that with your presentation, it becomes with your slides, it would become much more powerful, like on any stage. And and my quick tip for that is just like you and I are talking now, you know, really we're just talking to each other. We're not talking to thousands of people, although there might be thousands watching. We're just talking to you and me. And so when you mm -hmm. get on stage and there's 200 people in the audience, just talk to one person. You don't have to stare at that person the whole time, you know, but just think about just talking to one person. And you're going to come across more engaged, more alive, more um, animated when you do it that way. So that would be my confidence um, ninja trick. <laughs> Love it. Would you say try to find someone that looks like your ideal, ideal customer or ideal prospect and talk to that person? <laughs> be like, um, you're talking to, uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So let's say I find the person that looks like Stephanie, my dear client in the back of the room. I'd be like, yes, I'm going to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever works for you. I mean, you want to, you, you know, you're, you're talking to that future, right? You created a future of when you finished your presentation and what you want to happen afterwards. And you're talking to that future. And what I mean by that is you have to be present to the listening of the room. And the, uh -huh. the room is what are they listening for? What are they expecting? And a lot of people don't even get that far. That's why yeah. 30 years in the back of the room, I am very acute to the listening of the room. And when, when you sense that listening and someone just does a verbal fart, excuse my French, it's like, wow, that didn't work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love what we're, what we're talking about here because this here is uh, speaking, public speaking is people's number one fear, even, even above death. And mm -hmm. people would rather die, most people would rather die than speak in front of a crowd. And what, what, what Bridget is sharing here is uh, some amazing tips on, on how to pull that off and become more confident. So what are some of your tips on turning your audience into raving fans? Connect with them, you know? How do we do that? Well, you know, a lot of people, they'll go on stage and they'll start their talk like, oh, oh, please excuse my slides. I was working on them till midnight last night. It's like, if even if that was true, don't ever say that. Even if your slides are bad, don't ever say that. Don't seal the deal that you, you didn't care about them. That's what it basically says in, the, says in the unset of what you're communicating. Or they just say, oh, thank you so much for having me be on your stage. I, I really appreciate it. It's like, who cares? Who cares? When I go on stage, I look around, I wait a minute, I pause, mm -hmm. and then I say, how many of you, raise your hand if you've ever experienced the boring slide presentation? And they get a little chuckle and they all raise their hand. It's like, yeah, we all have, hasn't we? You know, so it's finding that way to get them to look at you and get them engaged to you. And it's all about them. It's what you're giving them. It's not about you and how great I am. And yeah, you have to give a little validity of why you do this or whatever, but um, you really wanna make sure you're focusing pr primarily on on them and their ears and what what's benefiting them. Love it. What else could be done to <clears throat> turn them into raving fans so that they will go around and talk about you and be like, oh, this amazing person showed up and 
you know, they did really well with their talk. You should really go talk to Bridget. Well, that's easy. Yeah, just come hire me, and I'll I'll, I'll make sure they're your raving fans. <laughs> We've got a shortcut. <laughs> for a small fee, we will turn them into raving fans for you. Yeah, my my client, one of my clients, he he shows his deck, and uh, and it's all pictures, and people are just like amazed, like where do you get those slides? And and he always tells them who I, who did it, and they go, well, what template did you use? And it's like it's not about a template. You know, it's about really engaging you and finding what's the right image for the that moment of story. And so when you can marry that, again, it's like a storyboard of a Hollywood movie. That's what we're putting together. And it's gonna be completely different than what they've seen before. And mm -hmm. if you're speaking on stage with other speakers there, you're gonna win the day. You're definitely gonna win the award for best presentations. And I've heard my speakers, um, other speakers came up and said, wow, that was a really great presentation. Who did your slides? They never call me, but they just find out who did your slides because uh, I think people still feel they have to do their own slides. Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, delegating that one piece, if you're a speaker, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're presenting so much, if you run courses, delegating that piece and having Bridges team um, update your slides and making them look good is like a breath of fresh air. It's like getting a mountain off your shoulder. I've gone through that and it feels great. Now, Bridget, I um, understand that you've got a gift for us. I do. Watching. Yeah. Could you tell us um, about that, please? It's called Rise Above the Rest. And it's a mini video training series that I offered that, it, that walks you through how to design slides that really engage with your audience. And it shows you, you know, like, how do I put a video in my slides? Um, you know, how do I find good pictures or, you know, how do I, how do I get my template to have my logo in it? Uh, so it addresses all those things. It's not a, it's not a training for how to use PowerPoint. It's a training for how to create engaging slides. So even if you don't use PowerPoint, you use some other software, you'll still learn from it. Love it. And so, um, gang, to those of you who are watching and listening, I left the link here in the comments on the show. So if you're watching live, uh, it is in the comments. And if you're listening uh, to us later, you can access the, the uh, gift here at dailyconfidence.show slash gifts on our website. And then you will just uh, uh, log in and get access to her gift, which is a generous gift for us, for her to show us how this is all done, how to do the um, you know different pieces on PowerPoint and the rest of it. And it's a complicated software. There are like so many different pieces into it. Sometimes when I look at it, I'm like, what do I need to do here? Maybe I should call Bridget and ask. And I actually do call her sometimes. <laughs> and I always answer you. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, yes, yes. She is good. And so go out there and take advantage of this, this amazing uh, offer and amazing gift that she's given away. Uh, so you become better at creating and designing your uh, PowerPoint slides and create better engaging presentation or sales presentations or whatever type of presentations that you're doing for you and your audience. So Bridget, what do you do for fun? Well, most people don't know this, but I'm a third degree black belt in Shotokan karate and I've been practicing since 1985. So what you see behind me are my three diplomas or, you know, certificates of, of black belt. And what I love about it, first of all, the guys are really cute. So 
that's what keeps me coming back. <laughs> but it's just such a great philosophy and it's a great training. And it's really helped me in my work because when you're working backstage and it's we're about to go live, there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. And if you can't keep a cool head, you're you're not going to be successful. And I've worked for producers that never worked with me before, and they would be scared because some graphic designers that work backstage, they don't uh, relate to clients very well. A client come back, I need to make a change to my slide. They'll go, no, I can't help you now. And it's like, oh, my God. You can't it's too late. <laughs> and so I just tell the producer, I says, the, the, the more chaos there is, the calmer I get. And they're like, that's why we hired you, because that's what I learned in martial arts. If you're up against a situation that could be life-threatening, you want to be completely calm so you can assess the situation and know what to do. I love that. That is amazing. So what was the what was the line again? The more chaotic it gets, how do you the more the more chaos there is, the calmer I get. Love that. That's, That's why when COVID started, I was super calm. I was I was just watching. I remember I drove to a friend's house like uh, two weeks later, like uh, late March, and I was like, "There's no one on the roads. You know, the streets are completely empty. It's three in the afternoon on a weekday. This is this is strange." But, um, you know, just like, you know, we'll get through this. I mean, if you're if you're running a show, if you're running an event, running a boot camp and it's your first time or you're growing and you're somewhat uncomfortable with what might happen and or you don't have everything sorted out, you definitely need someone like that that could come in stay calm and be like, you know what? Calm down. We got this. Why don't you just go prepare for your talk and we take care of the rest. Yeah. And so love that. And, I, and, and I'm going to have to, can you say that one more time? The more, the more chaos there is, the calmer. How I do you spell chaos? C-H-A-O-S, I think. Okay. We'll leave it at that. The more chaos there is, the calmer I get calmer I get. I'm going to display this because I love it. The more chaos there is, the calmer I get. And I'm going to say rigid. And anyone who's practiced martial arts knows what I'm talking about. They relate to that. I think anyone that runs a business should relate to that. Um, I you know? Think <laughs> to that. I think they just run and scared. I was like, ah! <laughs> The business is somewhat like martial martial arts, right? It's like it gets chaotic, and if you lose your mind, you can't fix the problems. Well, the thing with business, though, is there's no practice. Like, you know, we go into the dojo, and we practice kicks, punches, and blocks, the same thing every day. And after a while, you think, I've been doing this for six months. Why are we still doing this? Well, I've been doing it for 35 years, and we still do the same thing. And it's not about doing the same thing. It's about peeling the layer of that onion going deeper and seeing, imagining that opponent. And it's like, what am I going to do? Where's my mind going to be? You have to really, you know, practice imagining you're going to punch this guy. You're going to block them. And they're like, you know, two feet taller than you. And when you practice that mentality over and over again, it's like a no brainer. But in business, we don't, we don't have a practice of mentality. We're just, you know, going in like, you know, the fire's hot. We just got to take care of it. And that at least that's my experience for sure i just made a mental note to never piss you off if i'm around you like we're gonna figure this out 
<laughs> uh, I get pissed off, I just disappear. Because, you know, we always learn never start a fight. Obviously, I'm joking, but, um, <laughs> but maybe I'm not. But so I, I, I don't want to really, really piss you off because you might try <laughs> a couple of those techniques on me. And I don't think you'll ever piss me off. <laughs> I don't know. I you never know. <laughs> so what are some, what are the top, top books that you recommend to everybody? What would you recommend people to read? You know, I'm not a reader. I have a ton of books. If you saw my library, I have a ton of books. And I asked my mom one day, why do I have so many books? She's, it's for reference. Because she knows I don't read. I, I have never been diagnosed with dyslexia, but uh, dyslexia, but I think I have perplexia. Because <laughs> when I start reading, it just it just doesn't work for me. Listening or seeing the movie is much better. What but, would you recommend listening? Is it a do you want to listen to podcasts or what's your uh, what would you recommend to I'm always listening for uh you know stuff within my industry, you know, um I, a couple of podcasts, you know, about business or you know, there's graphic design or or presentations, things like that, you know, how how to speak. Uh, there's podcasts out there like that that kind of help your, you with your confidence and, and you kind of see a different way, you know, from these professional speakers. There's a lot of professional speakers out there that are sharing their secrets. And it do doesn't favorite, Do you have like one favorite uh, resource for speaking or that you would say, you want, you know, you should listen to this one video on YouTube or you're going to listen to this podcast or anything like that? I haven't cur curated anything like that. No. All right. That's fine. But my ideal, my my idol in the whole business is uh, Duarte.com, D-U-A-R-T-E.com. They have been doing what I do longer than me. And they were in Silicon Valley when computers came out and started doing slides for them. And they do all the story content and everything. They have some great content. And her books, uh, Nancy Duarte, um, on presentation and stuff, I've got all her books. So... I definitely recommend if you, if you really want to get deep into, you know, how, how can I be really effective with my presentation, whether it's designing it or speaking it or designing what you're saying. Love it. How do you spell that again? Duarte.com? Yeah. D-U-A-R-T-E.com. Duarte.com. And these guys, what do they do again? Uh, they, um, She's, you know, like this is one of her books, Slideology. Hmm. Slideology. Um, and, uh, you know, the art and science of creating great presentations. There you go. It's like, I don't need to write a book. She wrote it. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's, there's, there's other people like me that do this, but because we work backstage and we're, we're behind the black curtain and no one knows us and we're all wearing black, it's like we have to hide. And we can't tell people what we do because a lot of times we're, we're contract workers. So we can't tell people, you know, that we do this all the time or try to elicit business from the client because the producer hired us. So um, so we're kind of shy and we're kind of introverted. So for me to come out and like talk on this show and do this, I had to really, you know, assume a throne, so to speak, of that presentation design expert because there's a lot of them out there. They just don't market themselves. And um, I see them, we work together and, and I learn from them. Um, there is another one, I can't think of his name right now, but I do follow them. In fact, I'm a member of their site. I'll have to post it somewhere for you. Sure. I if you could post it on a Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook uh, post. Yeah. Uh, for people that are watching, they would just go yeah. back and see that later. But I posted the Duarte.com uh, on the show note, on the comments here and the live show.
great, great. Well, Bridget, if you had a Facebook ad that everyone on the planet would see, what would your message be? You can do it. <laughs> Love it. That is awesome. Yeah. What's the story behind that? What's the story behind that? Um, you know, just like we all can have confidence, right? It's it's in us. And you want to just look back. When, when was that time where you felt the most confident? Like for me, you know, winning a soccer game when I was younger or winning in an international karate tournament. It's like, oh, my God, I was on top of the world. You know, and I was confident and I knew I could do it. And everything in my bones said I can do it. And when you can get yourself in that state, you can do anything. You can walk on stage and be nervous and still present and do well. And so it's just, you know, for me, it's like, you know, face yourself, face yourself forward to those scary things and mm -hmm. you'll get through it. Love it. I think, I think, but I mean, to your point, I think I, it could have been Bob Proctor or someone else that said, if the thought have come to your mind, if it has come to your mind, it's proof that you can do it. I like that. Right? Otherwise, if you were not capable of doing it, you probably wouldn't think about it. Yeah. So take that for another tip. Well, that's what Olympians do. Olympians rehearse their, their routine over and over again in their head. You see them doing it like on the big diving board. They're doing their, their twirls and stuff before they actually jump. And they're getting it in their bones and they're getting it in their muscle memory. And you could do the same thing with speaking. You know, that's why they call it mirror, mirror practice, where you practice in the mirror and, and give your talk. And is the mirror enrolled in what you're saying? Um, these are some practices and techniques that speakers do, professional speakers. I've, I've caught professional speakers talking in the mirror in the bathroom, you know, getting ready for their talk. So it's not, it's not just for beginners. So I would take that as a ninja trick for becoming more confident. Yes. Do you have any other ninja tricks for becoming more confident on stage before you, or? Have a committed uh, buddy, you know, that you could call just to pump you up or, you know, to, you know, if you have a concern or something, you could just um, dump your concern onto them, let them swallow it up and deal with it and you can let it go. Uh, I think that helps me a lot. You know, it helps me get out of my head and be present to, you know, whatever I'm committed to, you know, like you go into a big negotiating meeting and you've been thinking about it for a couple of weeks and it's like, oh my God, here it is. It's a hit or miss. And it's like, what if you could create a different way of going in there and having fun and, you know, you're, you're, you're going for the gold, you want to win, but you know, it's, it's liquid. You got to kind of just roll with the roll with how it goes and, and just have confidence in that. Uh, Love it. Yeah. I, I, I heard uh, Dan Kennedy, who is one of the famous guys in the speaking world, and he's a writer. He was saying that to pump himself up, he would listen to his favorite music on his way to the event. Oh. And that music would pump, pump him up, and then, you know, he would listen to it probably 12 times by the time he gets there. But then when he gets there, he was mentally ready. That was his own trick to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have a trick like that. Um, it's just, just being prepared. And, yeah. and uh, really, I guess standing in the outcome, standing mm -hmm. in the outcome before we even start. I did that with this talk today. You know, I saw past the ending and I saw it was going to be great. And I don't have notes of what I'm saying, you know, so it's like uh, what I love how organic this is. And you ask me questions and we respond. It's just like you and I are sitting on the couch in my living room. Having a, you know, mm -hmm. 
friendly conversation and, and it, yeah. it, it, it almost always comes out better when it's not scripted and when it's natural and organic yes in my experience yeah and the more you do it the more you, the better you get that's why i've been doing live facebook's uh as well you know having people on my show for my facebook just to get to know them and to share them with my audience and um really get interested in what they're doing you know asking the questions and stuff and it gets me to be a better storyteller too absolutely and, and I think I, I compared that to jumping off a diving board. Like mm. the first time when you're jumping off, you look at you look at the water, and the three meters looks like three hundred meters. <laughs> but as soon as you dive for the first time, it's like, oh, that was easy. That wasn't bad. And then you get used to it. Like the first time a few years ago that I went, I was I was trying to go live on Facebook, and I'm kind of okay being live in front of a crowd, but going live on Facebook for some reason, I was like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> what's going to happen here and then and then when i did it my internal go voice goes oh i knew that was easy i'm like shut up <laughs> you know so i think i think getting past that fear in the first stage to your point is absolutely crucial to building the confidence and getting getting used to it yeah yeah i mean i i love this topic i i probably could talk another two hours about this um, where can people get a hold of you? Um, my website is presentationdesignexpert.com and my web, my email presentationdesignexpert.com. Yeah. And, and, uh, my email is wow, W O W at presentationdesignexpert.com. So feel free to send me a message. Um, and if, if you're brave and you want it, uh, sign up for one of my free uh, slide reviews. It's 20 minutes. Uh, you'll send me your slides and we'll go over them and I'll give you feedback. There's no cost. There is no pitch. <laughs> it's just uh, offering, you know, an opportunity wow. for you to make your slides better for your audience. That is another amazing and generous offer. Gang, for those of you, those of you who are watching or listen, listening, uh, Bridget just shared another gift. If you email her at wow, at presentationdesignexperts.com. Send her your slides and she'll give you a 20 minute complimentary uh, slide Slide. review. I would say that's at least a $500 value for you to just get feedback on how to improve it. And uh, yeah, take it from there. Design experts, uh, singular, not not plural. There's no S at the end. No. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Yeah. Uh, Bridget, Ernie, anything else that you'd like to mention or talk about before we wrap up? Well, if you if you opt into my gift that we uh, sent you the link earlier, I'm also doing an office hours once a month. And um, if you get on that list, we'll send you the link to get onto that. We usually do it towards the end of the month. Uh, I think it's usually the last Monday or Tuesday of the month. And you can bring your questions you know, any questions you have about slides and I'll answer them live for you. Uh, and if you want to set up a, uh, you know, send me a couple of slides beforehand or even share your screen, we can talk about that. It's really just uh, an office hours. It goes 90 minutes. Um, a lot of people come and they don't have any questions. They don't know what to ask. They just want to see. <laughs> and that's fine too. I don't mind looky loose, you know, cause you're learning. Um, and, and I'm always teaching something because really I'm standing for your audience. I, I'm representing your audience. I want to make sure that you they get the best of you. Absolutely. 
very generous. Love it, gang. If you have any questions about uh, PowerPoint presentations and how to make things happen, show up on her monthly uh, Q&A call or take her up on her 20-minute uh, slight review offer. Send her an email at wow at presentationdesignexpert.com. Perfect. And uh, send her your slides. They'll do a review and get on a call with you to uh, give you feedback on how you can improve your presentation. Bridget, this has been an amazing conversation. I feel like we could easily go we could. <laughs> on for another two hours. And we if could. we didn't have other few things to do, I would probably do that. <clears throat> and so thank you for the generous offers and the gifts. And I, uh, gang, if you need help with your presentations, do reach out. She is really amazing. And her, she's got a pretty good team behind her as well. Thanks. So thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we do a draw today. I'm giving away a VIP ticket to S Simple Marketing Formula starting uh, this Friday, October 23rd. And I'm giving away a general ticket to the confidence giveaway on top of a ton of value that Bridget just gave away. So I'm I feel like this has been a very rich episode in terms of gifts and content. And um, again, Simple Marketing Formula is starting this Friday, October 23rd. Uh, uh, look for uh, the link in the show comments. And we're doing the confidence giveaway in November uh, on the week of November 16th, where your gift would help entrepreneurs boost their confidence in an area of business. To learn more about that, visit dailyconfidence.show slash join. And for you to enter the draw for the gifts, if you like, subscribe, comment, tag a friend, ask questions. And uh, if you rate our uh, podcast on Apple, uh, Google, or Spotify, your name, you enter the draw for the gifts that we just talked about. Thank you for joining uh, Daily Confidence um, for Entrepreneurs. My name is Mustafa Hosseini, and I hope you have an amazing week. See you on our next episode. Bye. Bye.